Hey, welcome. Greetings from Elfie's World. This is the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and maybe, you know, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Boy, I'm so glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting you another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories which have often, well, been maybe excluded from the pantheon of history eh, for whatever reason. My name is Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 46, and it is entitled The Real Tokyo Rose. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy. While some people actively seek recognition, <laughs> there are those who would have preferred to have been forgotten by history. But unfortunately for some of these people, they were not. This is one of those stories. It is the true story of Tokyo Rose. Now, the name Tokyo Rose was actually a fabricated name given by Allied troops in the South Pacific during World War II to all female English-speaking radio broadcasters of Japanese propaganda. These programs were broadcast in the South Pacific and North America to demoralize Allied troops abroad and their families at home. It emphasized the wartime difficulties of American troops and U.S. military losses to the Japanese. In the years shortly following the war, the figure of Tokyo Rose, who even the FBI claimed was mythical, became an important figure and symbol of Japanese villainy and was used in countless American cartoons, films, and propaganda videos. Now, the actual name, Tokyo Rose, was never ever used in any Japanese radio broadcasts. It first appeared in U.S. newspapers in 1943 when speaking of these programs. Now, several of these female broadcasters operated under different aliases and in different cities throughout the Japanese Empire, including Tokyo, Manila, and Shanghai. However, no one, absolutely no one, ever knew any of their real names or what any of them actually looked like. Now, one of these ladies was named Iva Tagori Diakino. Although she broadcast under the name of Orphan Anne, Ivan Tagori Diakino did not become known as Tokyo Rose until after she returned to the United States in 1945. An American citizen and daughter of Japanese immigrants, Iva traveled to Japan to tend to a sick aunt just prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Unable to return to the United States after the war broke out, Iva needed money to live. With few choices for work, she eventually took a job as a part-time typist at Radio Tokyo. Because of her flawless American accent, she was quickly recruited as a broadcaster 
for a 75-minute propagandist program entitled The Zero Hour. Now, this radio broadcast consisted of skits, news reports, and popular American music, all slanted to demoralize U.S. troops and citizens. So, what happened to Iva, Takori, Diakino with the end of the war? Was this American citizen allowed to return home and continue her life quietly in anonymity? Well... Well, you guessed it. This is one story which does not have a fairy tale ending. Now, Tokyo Rose ceased to be merely a symbol in September of 1945 when Iva Tagori Diakeno, merely an American born disc jockey for a Japanese propagandist radio program, attempted to return to the United States, the home of her birth. Iva was immediately accused of being, quote, the real Tokyo Rose. Now, after World War II had ended in 1945, the U.S. military detained Iva for a year before releasing her for lack of evidence. The Department of Justice officials all agreed that her broadcasts were, quote, innocuous and of little consequences. (laughs) One GI who listened to her even testified, Lots of us thought that she was on our side all along. But when Ivo tried to return to the United States, a popular uproar ensued. Walter Winchell, a powerful broadcast personality of the time, and the American Legion began to lobby relentlessly for the trial of Ivo. This prompted the FBI to renew its investigation of Tagore's wartime activities. Her 1949 trial resulted in a conviction on one of eight counts of treason. Thus, Iva became only the seventh person in U.S. history to be convicted of treason. Sentenced to 10 years in prison, Ivo was released after serving six years. By then, almost 40 years old, she had to find the strength to move on with her misfortunes, which included losing about a decade of her life living on foreign soil, not being allowed to be with her mother when she died, losing her baby soon after giving birth, and eventually albeit reluctantly, divorcing her Portuguese husband, who was forced to leave America and never return. Now, the American ambassador to Japan from 1961 to 1966, a scholar at Harvard specializing in Eastern Asian affairs, would write of Iva's case, a mere wartime myth. Tokyo Rose was to become a disgrace to American justice. Finally, in 1977, it was discovered that 
the witnesses who offered the most damaging testimony against Iva had been pressured to lie under oath. It was only then that President Gerald Ford pardoned Iva. With her citizenship fully renewed, she was at long last allowed to be an American once more. After her pardon, Iva lived quietly in Chicago, where she ran the family gift store, never seeking revenge or retribution for any of the mistreatment. Her only regret was that her father never lived to see the day of her pardon, for he had died four years earlier in 1973. Still, Iva was always proud to share what her father had said about her and her harrowing journey. You are like a tiger. You never change your stripes. You stayed American through and through. Iva died quietly on September 26th. 2006, at the age of 90, at her home in Chicago, Illinois, an American at home in America. The story of Iva Tagore de Aquino is one which is amazing and woefully true. Well, there you have it, episode number 46, entitled The Real Tokyo Rose. Now, this is part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we, well, we really feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Hey, listen, as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. Hey, and that includes shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. Woohoo! What a deal! But listen, for more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A L F. Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, Elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council, expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Joe Payne for the Trumpet Fanfare. 
Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning.